Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome along Spurs fans to another um, Tottenham Hotspur podcast from the Football.London lads. We're the lads. We are the Football.London lads. I've just, cr- <laughs> just christened us that. Wow. Um, Tom Marshall-Bailey, editor for the website, hosting um, again this week. Ali Gold with us, Spurs writer. Good Hello. afternoon. Hello and good afternoon. You okay? Yeah, not too bad. Feeling all right, despite Carl Walker <laughs> links with Eric Dyer. Yeah, totally yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you Why have, wouldn't I be? You have been like bastion of like happiness on the desk this week, which I've which I've be been intrigued by. Why? Because I'm off to America. There is a couple that. of days. Yeah, there is that um, which we'll which we'll come on to. But no, no, I'm happy. I'm happy. All good. good. All good. Good. Steve Frugia, hello, regular um, guest of ours on on the Spurs podcast. You you feeling? okay about the whole Carl Walker situation and, and Kieran Trippier obviously signed a new deal today which we'll come on to brilliant yeah. you happy yeah just Good. not going to America <laughs> <laughs> we need a camera because the contrast <laughs> in like, facial expressions is is, uh, is telling here um, but Kieran Trippier new, new deal this afternoon um, he's committed his future which was nicely timed off the back of Walker's departure being confirmed to City Um Placing quite a bit of faith in him, and, and obviously we wrote the story the other day. Our understanding is that Ricardo Pereira isn't a priority signing for Pochettino. So, in your mind, Ali, is there every chance that Trippier could go into the season starting in that role as the number one choice there? Yeah, I think he was getting there towards the end of last season. Yeah, definitely. From a lot of sources, seem to indicate this deal's been done for a little while for Trippier, and it's almost as if they were waiting, get the Walker stuff out of the way. Then announced Trippier. It felt like that. Yeah, it's also it. It. I think it's great for Trippier. I think it's a really nice kind of pat on the back. Yeah, quite literally from the contract pose photo as well. It, it looked <laughs> like a pat on the back. Um, I think Poch absolutely adores Trippier from everything I hear, and he's a classic Pochettino player. Massive, uh, fantastic attitude. Uh, keeps his head down. Doesn't cause any problems when he wasn't in the team, and when he's come in, he's done very well. Why not? Let him have his chance. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't then, after he's battled all that time to get a place, then bring in someone from the outside and usurp him. It'd be a bit crap. Yeah. Steve, do you think. I think there's been an interesting split among some Spurs fans about Carl Walker. And I, th- I think there's a little bit of revisionism about him. I, d- I, do, I do get the impression that some people have forgotten that he has been, you know, a, v- a very good servant for Spurs. And as, as good as Trippier has been. Is there an argument to suggest that, well, why didn't City go for Kieran Trippier then if, if they wanted the superior right-back? Do you think Spurs have got the superior right-back? Um, I don't know. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. I, I think Kieran Trippier is more than able to be the Spurs' first-choice right-back. Um, I think he showed that towards the end of the season and he, he played in pretty much all the cup games. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he—it's not like he's Some coming from nowhere. Assists in that run as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fulham, Millwall. Yeah, as many assists as Walker from about six games, That's right. wasn't it? I think he's better going forward than Walker. 
I think Walker is probably better defensively. Um, but with uh, a regular run of games, I can't see why Trippier can't improve. And I'm sure they know that that might be one of his weaknesses, so they'll work on that. So in that case, do Spurs need a new right-back? It's a good question. His um, name's Carl Walker-Peters. Ah, is that where we're going to go with this? Um, it's heading in that direction. It is heading in that direction, <laughs> and I'm very glad it is. No, um, from what I get, the sense I get is why all these Pereira reports have come out and stuff like that, and then quickly we kind of we've heard little bits and pieces that it's not happening. I get the impression that Pochettino has been wanting to bring in Carl Walker Peters or develop him anyway. You know, he told us in the press conference when I asked about him last season that this season would be the one where he'd get more game time. I think this USA tour is absolutely crucial for Carl Walker Peters. I think he's going to get game time. I think, you know, he's going to be playing against the likes of PSG, Roma, Manchester City, ironically, against Carl Walker. Uh, Carl Walker, sorry, I've moved on already. Um, <laughs> and if he can prove against big opposition, albeit in friendlies, that he's ready to step up. And the thing with Carl Walker Peters, it's 20. You know, it's not like we're talking about 17. It's not like Luke Shaw at Southampton when he kind of threw him in at left back. He's a 20 year old, he's mature enough. Just had an excellent under-20 World Cup with England. Um, and I think he's going to take a very close look at him, see how he bonds with the team as well, and maybe make a decision there whether they can save themselves £20 million on a new player that maybe would just block his progress. But, yeah, I know worst-case worst scenario, if Trippier sustains an injury mm-hmm. during, the, during the tour, does that not then place a level of pressure on Carl Walker-Peters, which Pochettino probably would not, in an ideal world, want. Now you've just said during the tour. I think during the tour, if there is an injury or something happens, or there's something obvious that shows either Trippier or Walker-Peters aren't good enough, then there's time to rectify that. The trouble is, if something happens, if there's a poor run of form in September after September, then that's where we might get into a bit of trouble. Well, what I would say is, as we found last season, a different position, Pochettino has his Mr. Versatility, doesn't he? And Eric Dyer could, if needed, for, say, a month, go into that right-back slot again. He played most of his first season there, I think, didn't he? Yeah. It impacts on him wanting to play with a five, well, three at the back and wing-backs, though, doesn't it, then, if, if he has to go with Dyer? It does, if he decides to do that. Although he kind of started to revert back to the four, didn't he, towards the end of the season. And they were like scored ridiculous amounts of goals. So I think they'll start the season with the four again, to be honest. Not Trippier in a slightly more advanced role. Now they've got... <sighs> in, you, in, the, in, in, in the words of both of you, mm-hmm. well, in fact, I think you said yeah. that he was a better attacking fullback. Um, do you agree with that? What, than Walker? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, the stats prove that as well, I think. So then, therefore, would it not be more beneficial for him to be in that wing-back position? And for Possibly. Spurs to, and for Spurs to try and bring on this formation and encourage that, if he if, if he is going to be the player that Pochettino yeah, places his faith in. You've got the other side then, and I don't think that formation suits Ben Davies as much. No, it doesn't. And Danny Rose is, with, I don't think it's going to be back until maybe mid-August. So, I don't know. I still think he'll start with the four. Yeah. And I think, as we saw last season, it comes down to the opposition as well. Yeah. yeah. That, we, need think... our, 
well, not necessarily plan A and B, but our different plans that we can mm. go with different yeah, formations. Yeah, it was very hot in that last season. Yeah. yeah. Just, just on Walker, do you think the fact that they've been able to get 50 million plus out of a deal is, is something that should be celebrated? It, it's almost something that the deal more than the transfer mm. fees kind of being used in some quarters as a bit of a you know a bat to hit Spurs with all of a sudden and there's some people now talking about lack of ambition and all the rest of it but hang on at the same time do we have to look at the flip side of the coin and say Spurs have got a significant amount of money for someone that mm-hmm. okay they wouldn't have said he was dispensable I think that would be harsh on Walker but ultimately someone that they think they might have a you know a, someone who can come come on and, and replace and become better than potentially yeah. I think it goes back to your point earlier about the revisionism definitely some even fans I've seen have been talking about how marvellous this deal is you know I can certainly see it from one point of view that I think Walker himself certainly by his farewell videos and things like that has forgotten how much Pochettino has done for him you know the player that Walker was to the player that he is or even was at the first half of last season just a world away from each other um, and yeah, I, I thought that was really funny with the whole Pochettino thing. And that I do feel it's a very good deal. I don't think you should turn down that deal for a player at that age right now who isn't even necessarily your first choice right back anymore. But yeah, on the flip side, as you were saying, I do. I can see why people are bashing Spurs with it. It's become the way, hasn't it? Daniel Levy will always get the best deal. And you know, how many times now have we kind of got the most. Like the best deal for a player in that position, either a British record, world record, and things like that. But I think that won't be the test of Spurs' ambition this summer. I think it was more likely to be Eric Dyer. I think Walker wasn't happy. Potch was happy to let him go. Spurs did the best deal they could for him. If they were to sell Eric Dyer, then I think we could easily level, um, level that statement about the ambition. But it all sounds like they're not, so... Yeah, you've also got to look at the transfer fees going around this season as well. It's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. If on, the, on even, that even, basis, even last year, year before, if you'd have said fifty million for Carl Walker, mm. you would have. It would be a no-brainer, and it was a no-brainer this season for Michael Keane. It's ridiculous. On the, on that basis, what do you think is an offer that a yourselves and b Spurs would would deem? acceptable for Dyer then in this market is is there a point where Spurs simply cannot say no to United to an offer from United do you know what and I know this sounds ridiculous and I think I can even as I'm about to say it now it sounds ridiculous but I just don't think Spurs will accept any offer no. because of the message it sends out it's like a massive domino effect even if they got a stupid sum like 80 million I think the message it sends to every one of the rest of the squad is essentially, well, if we get good enough offer, you can all go. Yeah, and I think it's it's like apples and oranges with Walker. It's Walker from the end of last season. He he, and there's there's been the discussion for for the last six months or more about Walker leaving, and he obviously he had his head turned. He he potentially saw. The, the money that he could be earning and do you feel like Spurs were almost more braced for that yeah I think so than, yeah. than they would be for Dyer yeah so. and I, I don't believe that Dyer wants to leave no we obviously don't know what, what's going on in his head or behind the scenes but 
I don't, I don't believe he wants to leave like Walker wanted to leave, and I don't think that. Well, I think the only way he would he would be sold is if he says I want to go, and I want to go now. I don't even know if he would this summer. I think. Well, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I think in that scenario they'd probably say, "Well, you can, but next summer." Yeah, yeah. But uh, how how do you see it playing out though? Because if he does go with a four, are we right in thinking that Eric Dial might not start? Oh, I don't get me started on Dial when the armor debate because <laughs> no one agrees with me on this one. But okay, put your case forward because I I I <laughs> I you know I I think that that has to be the argument because all of a sudden you look at if if Spurs do play a four. He's not. He's not starting ahead of Alderweireld or Vertonghen no. in a two in a central defensive unit. The only way for me, and I, I do feel like it, it's probably going to be Wanyama that gets the nod. I might. I might be wrong, but you, the evidence of last season would suggest he would probably be the player in Poch's thoughts. But we had the same. The, the same scenario happened the whole of last season, and I think Dyer only missed two games, didn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he found a way. This is the thing. In Wanyama and Dyer, you've got two of Poch's favourite, most trusted players essentially going up against each other. Wanyama had a brilliant season. Personally, I just think Dyer is a slightly better all-round player than Wanyama. I think Wanyama is absolutely awesome at screening that back four. Get him anywhere near the opposition box and essentially just blood starts pouring out of his nose and he you know, he has to be taken back to his own half again. But I just... Like in a wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, essentially. And I just think that's where Dyer, you know... people. I saw some Man U fans kind of slagging off his passing the other day. Just clearly have not watched him. Honestly, there was a game, I think it was Hull, where he played this little clip ball through to Trippier. who was running through and Trippier hit it first time into uh, Kane who volleyed at home he has got really good vision he's got a really good passing range but often he's in central defence and he doesn't kind of get to showcase that he can ping the crossfield balls that Alderweireld does as well I just think yeah I think that's a nightmare choice to make between Wanyama and Dyer but I suppose if he's going on the back of last season Wanyama would get the nod does Dembele automatically start? Yes, yeah, I don't think we've tried Wanyama and Dyer. I think actually last did he last couple of games play them together when Dembele was out. I think Dembele was on the bench. I think he did play Wanyama and Dyer together, and it looked better. I remember the start of the season; it was an absolute catastrophe. It was essentially like playing two guys that just didn't want to advance at all at that point. But yeah, yeah, actually, I just completely remembered that they did. They started, to, and it looked really good. Because because it allowed all the four in front of them to essentially go wild and do what yeah. they wanted. Well, we um, saw the the high scoring matches that we yeah. had towards the end of yeah, the season. Yeah, well, they scored thirteen, wasn't it? The yeah. last two games. Um, even the four ones and stuff. Before yeah, that, yeah, so. of course. So yeah, it, it's the thing is with Dembele, he is he's like Mister uh, Mister Glass from Unbreakable with Bruce Willis and Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson. If you've ever seen, that. literally. He will he will crumble if you know you play him too much and I mean I, we really hope this foot operation he had at the end of last season sorts out some of the woes but with Demelian I've probably said it before honestly you see him walking through the mix zone after a match and it is like an eighty year old man it's, he just he kind of hobbles he shuffles whether there's something in his back or his hip or something I don't know but that man cannot play every match and to be fair I I wouldn't mind if he didn't play again if he can just spend all his time in training teaching 
the likes of oh. Winks and Onoma oh. what he can do. If we can have... That's a statement and no, half. No, but if we could have Winks and Onoma become as good as Dembele for the next 10 years, I would rather take that than Dembele for the next two years. But what if they don't? <laughs> and you just lost Dembele for but, a couple of years. That was a well, curveball. No. You really didn't anticipate <laughs> yeah. that one, wasn't it? We're not talking what ifs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if if that was the case, I, if those two were we're given, to, I'm not talking what ifs. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> if, if, if those two were the given options, yeah. I, I would I would have two Dembeles. I think Onam has pushed his case massively. Yeah. Um, he's still got a hell of a lot of competition ahead of him his performances this summer though might have rescued him might have been a bit of a reprieve yeah yeah and he did you know you say Dembele his performances were Dembele like I'd even go as far to say he had actually a little bit extra than Dembele because he looked dangerous in the final third Um, he's got that cracking shot didn't he against the crossbow I think it was in the final and he could potentially play every game (laughs) he could he could and yeah and I, yeah, and I was lucky enough to have a little chat with him the other day um, at an event at uh, Lily White House, and uh, he is properly hungry to play this season. He really, really wants to play, and yeah, had a little joke about kind of his best position, and all that. Unfortunately, I can't really go into it purely because it was just a chat; it wasn't a, a formal interview. But no, all I can say is he is desperate to play for Spurs this season, and I get the impression he's going to get more minutes. So if we if if we focus on incomings now, hey. because we don't want to talk entirely about outgoing short no. conversation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we we understand that Ross Barkley is is Pochettino's kind of principal target. Um, do you think if if he brought him in, he might have designs on playing him slightly further back in midfield, or do you think he would earmark him for one of those two roles, three roles off Kane? I think it would be in one of those attacking roles, purely because that is now so overcrowded, those deeper spots. And knowing the way Pochettino, well, I was about to say, knowing the way Pochettino thinks, because I spend so much time with him, um, <laughs> but the way he seems to think about young players, <laughs> um, I can't imagine he'd want to block Harry Wink's progress. And I think playing Barker, uh, Barker, Barkley in those deeper roles would do that. So I see him being an Ericsson Ali, Son, Lamella kind of competition in all those roles. Does he get ahead? Of it? Where, if you if you're talking a pecking order, where where would he fit in 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 the in a you know a quintet quintet of options there? In my dream three behind Kane would be Barkley, uh, Ali, and Ericsson. The creativity would be obscene. You'd so have to have your wit from the fullbacks because. None of them will go wide. And it's incredibly harsh on Son, who had a fantastic season. And is probably represents more of a goal threat, maybe than any of them, actually. Although Ali does weigh in with his goals. But I just think... I just think Barks has got real potential, and I think Poch can absolutely unlock that in him. Yeah, It'll be awesome. I agree. You... you kind of championing this, this pursuit of Ross Barkley. Are you excited about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I think we said last time, young and English... I think he's got the potential there that Pochettino can unlock. Mm. And it, it, it is the perfect Pochettino signing, Premier League experience. Do you, do you think he's been failed by his managers at Everton in that case? There's no easy answer to this one. No, not really. <laughs> Which is uh, why I've asked it. Yeah. I don't think he's developed as much as he should have. Um, I think 
Koeman gave him a proper kick up the backside last year, which seemed to have an effect. Certainly Everton fans we know have said that second half of the season he was much, much better. Um, but I just I can only go on when I've seen him, and I've seen him live, oh, what was that, three or, probably the last three or four games he's played against Spurs. And he has really taken the games by the scruff of the neck in that midfield area. Even when, you know, Spurs have won... Spurs win at least two of those games, if not three of them. And he just well, essentially dominated sometimes against the likes of Dimbello and Wanyama. Um, and I know, you know, I do know for a fact that Pochettino really, really likes him. Uh, it's just about the fee. Just the silly, silly fee that's on at the moment. You know, they're talking about £30 million for a guy with 12 months left. Do you think it might be a game of brinksmanship in that case? It always is with Daniel Levy, isn't it? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> All the people for Everton to go up against for this player, Daniel Levy. It's, it's, it's going to go, isn't it? Right into the end of the window. And the more players Everton sign, the kind of weaker their position becomes as well. well if Sigurdsson joins, maybe Klassen's already there. You're looking at two sort of number tens there. That well, Wayne Rooney could play that as well. Absolutely, well, he is number ten, isn't he? Where Where is Barkley fitting in in that? Team? It It looks like they are paving the way for his departure. Yeah. Not being on the preseason tours. I know they're saying the groin injury, but someone said Balassi's gone out there and he's obviously not back for ages. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's he's going somewhere. I think it will be Spurs, but it's just whether Spurs will pay that money. That's the thing. Okay. You, do you, would, would he get in your starting eleven? Yeah, I think so. It's odd, isn't it? It's so bad, <laughs> and it's awful. Well, I feel the, so bad because he had a brilliant season, but just I just don't think he's consistent. But you look at what happened last year; they can they can change hmm. week in, week out, cup games. We've got Champions League. We're, it'll be great if we got a good run in the domestic cups again. And do you, do you worry? One one of the things we. we run a piece last night about what the experts have said about him and one of the themes for me was there's almost like a little bit of a, a petulance about him and, and that was I think the the Merseyside derby last season when he went in on Jordan Henderson on the, on the far side and got quite rightly quite a lot of criticism for that challenge do you think though when Deli Ali's got this edge. Oh, he's there he said it. I was about to ask, are you talking <laughs> about Deli Ali or Ross Sparkly? Because it sounds like Pochettino, the same. Pochettino. But is that a worry that. that he's got two. No, he loves that. Honestly, we've asked him about Deli Ali in the past, Pochettino, and said about that kind of aggressive side. And, and he said, I'd never take that out of a player. He said, there's ways of being kind of clever with it and using it to your advantage. And I think with Barkley, that's exactly what he did. As long as they got the talent oh. to back it up. Yeah. Because. Actually, we've we've not had that that sort of nasty player mm. in in a good way. We've not had that the, the, in the last like five ten years. True, but the thing with the petulance at the same time is, and I thought Gary Neville's comments about him from earlier this season were really interesting. And he's worked with him obviously um, with England. Was he was saying that sometimes Barkley's got a little bit of an inability to work with the ball in tighter spaces, which is why he's possibly struggled in that number 10 role, unlike players like De Bruyne, Silva, etc., etc. He's he's not quite got that, that touch in Neville's mind from having worked with him quite closely. And he said that Barkley will get quite frustrated when he's unable to kind of get the ball under his control and actually be able to to dominate proceedings in midfield. 
And that, I think that's my worry with Bartley slightly is that does that pe- petulance possibly spill over kind of off the ball as much as it does mm. as it does on the ball? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm surprised at that comment because I've always thought he's really good in tight spaces. Obviously, yeah, we'd have to bow to Neville's knowledge on that because, you know, he's had him a couple of times in England when they bothered to play him, haven't they? But, no, I always thought he's really good in tight spaces. Um, but, uh, you know, Poch would have covered every single angle. And if he likes a player, it will have been because he's poured out. He's, he's an absolute football obsessive. He's one of these managers that... You know, you can imagine Harry Redknapp just goes home, walks the dogs and has a cup of tea, but Pochettino goes home and he admits his wife still doesn't see him because he puts on the videos. And... Well, incredibly, I found out last week um, at an event um, that Danny Murphy was at that, and he was saying that Fulham once signed a player entirely based off his, his FIFA statistics, which to me is just remarkable. That's terrifying. Um, he refused to name the player, but said that it was kind of a rush up to the deadline day and that they were looking for a striker that they thought would fit the bill and literally went off his, his FIFA statistics, which I, I found <laughs> remarkable. I know clubs have started to use Football Manager ratings yes. because they're is it, uh, mixed in with Prozone now yeah. as well, isn't it? So there's a more yeah official element to it, but FIFA, wow. I know. That's, that's remarkable. Yeah. Just, that's terrifying. Just, don't trust FIFA stats at the best of millions times, involved. So. <laughs> just on incomings, it is again. I feel like it's a, it's a debate which is raging at the moment. Do, do should Spurs fans be right to be, if not panicking, then slightly concerned, slightly worried when fees are being bandied about around the Premier League, left, right, and centre. Spurs and I think Palace now. Uh, certainly on the verge of signing this um, Reid Evald from, from Ajax for a fee and obviously they've got Ruben Loftus-Cheek from Chelsea so Spurs are now the only club in the Premier League yet to make a sign-in is that a good thing that Pochettino's got this group that he trusts and he's got that continuity he's got rid of let's not call Carl Walker a bad egg but he's got rid of a Go potentially dis- <laughs> disruptive <laughs> option <harsh. laughs> Should Spurs fans be worried? Do you think? I don't think so. I think if you look at fans, they're properly split at the moment. There's the half that are just like, oh my God, we're falling behind, everyone's going to beat us this season, blah, blah, blah. And the other half that are like, well, we've got this incredibly settled team, how are you going to better it? And it's exactly the same debate that happened last summer. Yeah. Exactly. Honestly, that, other teams are thrown out. I mean, we had Pogba, didn't we, to United? Just crazy money. Spurs went out, bought one arm, and essentially the rest were, yeah, the rest. Um, <laughs> and, you know... I pretend you're not Vinny Janssen's uh, biggest uh, fan. Of course I am, of course I am. Um, and then they finished second. And I just think Spurs, unlike other clubs, you know, like Chelsea needed a new striker, you know, United needed a new defender, uh, City needs various players, and, well, Arsenal just got issues all over the shop, haven't they? Um, but with Spurs, it was just... The 11, wasn't it? The 11 are set, honestly. Well, apart from maybe that one son role where we're being incredibly harsh to the guy. Um, how do you go out? And it has to be a mega signing. And mega signings don't fit Spurs' wage structure. They just yep. don't. I mean, we wrote, I wrote a piece the other day, which kind of with everything I knew that's going on behind the scenes at Spurs. And Poch is just waiting. He's looking. He's got these younger players. He's earmarked to come up this season. And... 
We've had Thomas Lamar's come up, but Spurs have looked at him and the wage demands, the fee involved are just obscene. Nothing, you know, nothing they could possibly so do. Suggestions Arsenal might have to go up to eighty million. Yeah, to sign. which, as you know, it's got to be said at some. It's desperation, isn't it? It just is. <laughs> it is, and that's not just slagging off Arsenal, although that's a great thing to do sometimes. All the clubs are shelling out absolutely yeah. nutty money because they were behind Spurs. The only ones you could argue if you're going to properly have the debate is Chelsea. You know, they have strengthened and, you know, as all champions they say should. And I do think Spurs will strengthen, but it will be, again, I think it will be squad members. I don't think it will be an amazing, apart from Barkley, who I do think is going to be amazing. Do you think that Spurs can sustain a title challenge in that case? If, if If every other team is going to strengthen Spurs are going to stick with what they've got rather than twist. I, I don't think the, the challenge will be the players. I think the big challenge in the title race next season will be Wembley. Could be. Could be. I don't think Poch would allow that in a way, though. I'd be shocked if they're not properly prepared for it. I think last season was just like a handful of games here, wasn't it? But do, you think season... you, do you think you can be properly prepared for something like that, though? Because you, you can't... As, as much as you... You know, can you know ready yourself for playing on the that particular surface and in that ground? It's it's a different kettle of fish from preparation and actual match yeah. day experience. Surely, well, I understand they're going to have training sessions there, which I think they only did once last year because obviously it wasn't too many. They got the Juve friendly, yep. the ridiculously overpriced <laughs> Juve friendly. Um, so much as expensive as my season ticket. It's it's, it's <laughs> crazy money. Um, but no, I think they're going to spend a lot more kind of sessions there each week, which I think will make a difference. And I think they were getting used to it anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, at the other point as well. Do you think they can sustain a title challenge? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think, how's it any different to last summer? I just don't see any di- Everyone else strengthened to last summer and everyone had the same issues. And what I'd say is that Spurs, we're not talking about a team of 28, 29 year olds that's like, oh, you know, they're just going to be the same or they're going to decline. It's a young team that's only going to get better with each passing season. Experience the Champions League now yep. under their belt and what not to do, which they did <laughs> on a few occasions. You know, they've still got to the FA Cup semi-finals, second in the league. I, I don't think people have to worry so much. I think that all these players, Deli Alley, he's going to have another year's experience in him. Christian Eriksen, um, Trippier is going to be a more confident player as well this season. Is, it, is it too simplistic to just say, though, that all that is required to make that next step to make a semi-final a final and then a win or second place first place is it just is it too simplistic to just say we need time we need we need that collective team spirit that's what Posh keeps saying he does keep saying this as a project and it's got years to kind of evolve he said we will get there there's no he kind of he's got this thing which is quite interesting. He says that even next year, if there's no trophies, the players wouldn't leave, which I find quite astonishing because I do think you'd lose one or two. Um, I just it is. It's just about it's just going that next step. And I suppose if we're going to be fair, every year they've progressed. What was it fifth to third to second? Yeah. Hey, let's if, hope we know what's next. If Dyer were to leave, does that change the dynamic completely? Yeah, yeah for you? totally. He won't leave, but if he did. It sends out a completely yeah. wrong message to the entire squad. Yeah. Okay. And I, yeah, and the only reason that players would leave is simply down to money. Mm. And you've got to look at Walker's. How old is it? Twenty-seven. Yeah, twenty-seven. Yeah. Dyer, Ali, Kane—they're all still really young. 
So they've got plenty of years left. Yeah, there's no desperation to, to go, yeah, is there? To leave, to, to make the money that they could be making at one of the teams with um, that can pay them that. So they have got a few years to be able to progress with Spurs, to be able to make that money with Spurs in however many, four or five years' time. Yeah. Something I always hear, um, which I've never had confirmed because Spurs don't really talk about finances, is that Spurs pay the best bonuses, one of the best bonuses kind of per player in the league. I think they have to, though. Yeah, so <laughs> although the wage structure is very strict, Kane, I'd imagine, made absolutely ridiculous amounts of money last season because of his goals. A lot of the stuff is performance related. So, you know, maybe it's not quite as desperate as people make out. Okay. One possible incoming that we we do know about is is this. I'm trying to pronounce Dorn. this right. One Foyth. There's only one Foyth. There is only one Foyth. <laughs> there um, really is yes, only one Foyth. And he plays for Estudiantes, and Spurs are, we understand, negotiating a fee for him, and that the transfer does remain kind of on, despite some reports elsewhere suggesting otherwise. Um, do you see him as essentially a Kevin Vimmer replacement? Ooh. I think that may even be a little bit of a reshuffle. I think Carter Vickers would end up being the Vimmer replacement with Foyth, or Foyth, I don't know how we pronounce it, coming in kind of as the newbie, potentially playing under-23 matches as well as he acclimatises... And there's even talk of a loan back as well, potentially. Um, yeah, there's a lot of... Some reports coming out today from Argentina essentially saying, oh, it's a bid rejected, blah, blah, blah. But no, everything we're hearing is that the kind of expression that I've been told is encouraging signs. So I, I do wonder if that will actually be Spurs' first summer signing, which will excite probably 3% of the Tottenham Hotspur faithful. <laughs> but, you know... You're telling me the Argentinian hipster section of the fan base won't be... Uh... Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll have watched many, many YouTube videos. But Do we know if he's in the UK yet or not? He's not at the moment. I really wanted you to say, do we know if he's any good? I really <laughs> well, I've, no, I've never heard of him before, before he was linked and obviously never seen him play. So. No, from the, the Google translated features I've read of him from the Argentinian <laughs> press he does sound like a, like a cultured kind of ball playing and he's got the obligatory uh, YouTube videos YouTube yeah um, although so someone compared him to John Stones the other day which is a little <laughs> bit okay. horrific um, but maybe he'll link up in, in the US obviously a shorter journey if it gets done that quickly I'm not entirely sure it would I know the officials have been over they've had their talks and they're now just kind of doing the fine details which may include the loan back and things like that um, you'd have to wonder with the Argentinian connection whether it's someone that Pochettino is very aware of you know his teammate former teammate uh, Veron the Man U and Chelsea player Juan Sebastian is uh, the president of Estudiantes so obviously there's the, there's all the links are there. He spoke glowingly about Pochettino last year as well. He, well who does Championing him for the Argentinian managerial job. Oh, so that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, but yeah, it was nice words nonetheless. Well, yeah. so there's a there's clearly a bit of a report. There. Oh yeah. No, no. I think this is, he's very much a guy for the future, as most yeah. Spurs signings are. To be honest. Um, just on a few other links that are kind of going around very quickly. Pereira, uh, Matteo Kovacic, Adrian Silva, your take? No, no, no. Three no's. There you <laughs> go, Spurs. Three no's. There you go, Spurs fans. Uh, Silva is absolutely 
not even on the table, not a target at any point. That is just agent talk, utter garbage. Um, Pereira, I think, is a player that Spurs have kind of kept an eye on, but I believe they're not actively pursuing in any way this summer. Uh, Kovacic, I think, probably falls under the same category. There's a guy that obviously is very talented. Spurs wanted him years ago when he was at Dinamo Zagreb, I think, before he went to was it Inter after that. Yeah. Um, but as as of now, they're not involved in any talks. For okay. I look very much forward to uh, discussing their signings on the next podcast. <laughs> Kovacic, Pereira and Silva, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just quickly, before we, we talk about... Um, your little little trip to the to the uh, states, which neither myself nor Steve are in <laughs> any way envious about whatsoever. Do you do you think there needs to be, and I don't know how you achieve this necessarily, but do you think there needs to be some sort of resolution on Dyer sooner rather than later to to send out that message to to be firm about it to say to Manchester United it's not happening because obviously Spurs have been quite open to the press I think it's fair to say in saying that he isn't for sale they won't entertain any sort of offer for him but how do, how do Spurs go about getting a real resolution on this or is it just business as normal for them I don't think there can be any more public resolution than that yeah essentially they've made it very clear to everyone the a player's not statement. for sale I don't think you would do that would you I don't think clubs do do that I think that's kind of almost admitting you're worried by the rumours. I don't yeah. think it's necessary. The They're player, usually you know. followed by by the player being sold soon. Yeah. After. I mean, they they had this photo, didn't they? His first day of pre-season training, the biggest smile ever walking into the ground with a bin bag, bizarrely. I don't know why he had a bin bag with him, which is maybe more worrying. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's I probably don't Deli Alley in there. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> or Deli Alley's clothes that he's nicked or something like that. But no, they don't need to. The player's happy, they've made it very clear. United will always do what United do, and that's try unsettling kind of methods, whether it be through the media or, you know, stuff like that. They've done it with Spurs in the past, you know, or famously with Berbatov. Um, it has worked, would be the worry. It worked then. I think Spurs were a different club then at a different time um, when finances weren't as strong as they are now as well. Um, yeah, I think I don't think anything needs to be said. Really. Okay. So happier subjects. Mm. You're you're jetting out. Yep. Uh, on Thursday morning to go and spend how how many days? Twelve days. Twelve, 12 days. days. Yeah, yeah. God. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking forward to it? Oh, it's going to be awful. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> no, it's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm not in the cargo hold of the actual first team's plane. With, you know anything like that. Well, that would be quite interesting. That was you and Eric. Exactly. No, it's going to be really good. Uh, the fans have been fantastic already. Got in touch with a lot of fans from um, Orlando, New Jersey, and Nashville, and they're all kind of wanting to meet up. They're all so excited about the um, the tour. Not me coming over. Um, and it's yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, we often overlook these things, don't we? With the being at White Hart Lane and uh, Wembley next season, we forget about the fans out there across the world who are just desperate to see Spurs and can't afford to do it most of the time. So they're coming over to them. I think it's great. What are you most looking forward to? The food. Uh, <laughs> why were you looking at my stomach? When you said that? What's that all about? Um, Covering up. I am. I'm going to yeah, lean into the table a bit. Um, 
just seeing how the actual American fans take to it as well, not just the Spurs fans that maybe are expats and stuff like that, to see what the Americans make of Because, you know, Spurs are a great brand at the moment to sell abroad. You know, young, exciting team, lots of goals, uh, lots of marketable stars. Um, and obviously we know how much basketball, uh, baseball and American football is so dominant over there. But football or soccer, as they call it, no, it? don't. As they call <laughs> it, you come back. Thanks for the clarification. And you're calling it soccer. <laughs> I want to be known as soccer. Soccer. I will refuse to let you on another podcast. Soccer at London. Soccer. That's how. London. That's how serious this okay, is. Okay. Okay. Football. Uh, no, it'd just be great to see how they kind of take to it. Looking forward to it. It's good. Good stuff. We. Uh, it's a it's a bumper edition today. What are we up to? Forty minutes. Lovely, lovely, and we've got through every single item on the itinerary as well. With the, no incoming transfers. Forty minutes. Brilliant. It's pretty good going, that, isn't that it? is. That is impressive. Um, thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. Thank you. We'll um, we'll be back at some point next week, um, hopefully to do a. On your own. A US special podcast, <laughs> stateside. You're going to get me up a lot for in the you morning, aren't you? Where you can do a scouting report of your, of your food. Lovely. <laughs> a live broadcast from a New York deli or something. There you go. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, um, thanks very much for joining us again, Spurs fans. If you've got any questions for next week's pod, um, when Ali will be going out to open training sessions, uh, all of uh, Mauricio Pochettino's press conferences and attending all the games, do get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. And we'll see you again next time.